Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. I want to just have us focus on one line this Sunday. Jesus was in a certain place praying. It actually says Jesus was praying in a certain place. And usually those kind of lines are just like throwaway lines. Right? You read that and get to the point where he's teaching. But God sent Jesus into the world to fix everything. He's the Savior. And in the Gospel of Luke, he's going to Jerusalem to save the whole world. It's not like he's going just to like get new specs on a big table that he's going to go back and like build a nice carpentry table like he used to. No, he's on his mission and he is dedicated to go save the world. And I don't know about you, but I think my life sometimes can be pretty busy and I think I have things that like are demanding and things that I'm responsible for. And Jesus is responsible for saving the world and he stops and spends time praying. Last week, he stopped and spent time in someone's home just having a meal and telling stories. And yet, he knows he's got to go to Jerusalem. He knows he's uber responsible. He knows he's kind of an important guy. And all of us, we're so busy, we're so important, and then we look at the Savior of the world having meals with friends and stopping to pray in a certain place. And it probably needs to be, if we're taking it seriously, the most challenging things in the gospel for us in the 21st century. To hear that the Savior of the world, God in the flesh, who knows people are dying and being eternally separated from God for all eternity, stops and prays, stops and spends quality time with people he loves. See, Jesus lives totally different than you and I do. And it's that difference that is the reason why the Father sent him. He sent him, yes, to suffer, die, and rise to give us hope and to transfer us from a kingdom of darkness into a kingdom of light. But he also sent him to give us an example of saying, do you see the kind of life you live? And do you see the kind of life Jesus lives? I sent Jesus so you can see what life actually looks like. What being alive actually looks and feels and sounds like versus what surviving barely feels like, looks like, sounds like. St. Teresa of Avila defined prayer as probably, in my opinion, the greatest definition ever. Prayer is nothing but wasting time with God. Because it feels like that. If you're going to stop in the middle of the day and tell someone, I'm going to be about 15 minutes late, I want to spend a little time in prayer. What? Do that on your own time. But there is no own time. This is Jesus. 
the Christ. And we bear the name Christian saying we're trying to imitate and be like him because we believe through, with, and in him we can have life and beauty and goodness and joy and come to realize the life that God always wanted for us. So Jesus was praying in a certain place. And earlier in the gospel, he was praying at a different place. And later on, he's going to be praying at another place. Because at different times, different parts of our hearts are engaged. We have different needs, different dreams, different desires, different worries, different joys. And so prayer changes daily. Yesterday, I was at Aaron Hogan's wedding. A lot of joy. I've known her for a couple years and just to see her enter into her vocation and know her path for holiness and know that she gets it. A lot of joy on this priest's heart for her. My prayer was one of gratitude. Today I have a huge to-do list. Right? So my morning prayer this morning was a lot of prayer of like, Lord, what do you want me to be attentive to in these different encounters? Like, where do you, what kind of day do you want me to have when I look at my list and think, oh, it's just going to be, um, how do I say, a get things done kind of day. But each day, there's different needs and dreams. And so often, my concern is, is not so much that the body of Christ in the world needs to know more, but that the body of Christ in the world doesn't actually look like Christ. Because we're so busy, we're so important, we have so many responsibilities, and then the Savior of the world spends time with friends, Savior of the world spends time in prayer, and we think, ain't no one got time for that. The most I was ever criticized for a homily in my, all, my whole eight years of priesthood what had nothing to do with the church's teaching on controversial issues, had nothing to do even with politics. The most I was ever criticized was when I preached a homily like this, taking time for Jesus in prayer, taking time for, to be with good friends, to imitate Jesus. And I had a group of angry moms come up to me afterwards and say, you're going to do the dishes at my house? I say this spiritually accurately when I say it was demonic, their response. They're not bad people. These are wonderful women. Some of them are my friends. And I don't hang out with demons, at least that I'm aware of. It was demonic because the idea of being like Jesus to them seemed like a standard they could never measure up to and they were resenting the gospel when it was presented to them. They did not see the good news of Jesus Christ as a liberating, life-giving, consoling message. They saw it as another reason why they weren't enough, they weren't measuring up, and it's impossible, and so anger came out. Who is the one that tells us God's life is against us, not for us? The enemy. Who's the one that tries to keep us so busy so we don't feel our wounds, feel our needs, or even cry out to God? The enemy. Who's the one that tells you you have to do this or everything will fall apart? You can't take time for God or yourself. Not the Father who created you and loves you. Not Jesus who came to restore and be with all of eternity with you. Not the Holy Spirit who wants to live and move with you at every moment of your life. Not God. And so we're over halfway through summer. 
which we all get excited about like in March and think, oh, this summer we're going to have time, quality time, go to some barbecues. We're going to see people after several years of not seeing them. We're going to be able to have like a restorative, life-giving summer and no judgment. But do you feel restored, full of life, joy, peace, gratitude? a heart open with love and goodness for the world around you, wanting to praise and sing to God that life is good and we're glad we're alive. The Savior of the world wasted time with God, the Father, and wasted time with good friends because he knew there's a time and a place for everything. And if we don't choose to make God a priority, he simply won't be. Amen.